Right now, I'm going to jump into our passage for today. We are in the book of Judges. And don't you think it's interesting that we are studying the book of Judges and right here in our land, our judges, as in the judiciary, has formed a, a, a valuable place in, in the righteousness and the justice of our land. Of course, last week we heard from Pastor Lindy, uh, or two weeks ago we heard from Pastor Lindy, the judges in the Bible are very different from the judicial judges that we're talking about. But hey, it's interesting. It's as if these two worlds are colliding, right? And so before I jump into the passage for today, why don't we pray? Yeah, let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you, God, for each and every one of us that are here this morning. Thank you, God, that even as we have taken our time and effort to come here, Lord, may you fill this place with your presence and may you bless us with your word today. Lord, I'm merely a messenger, but Lord, help me to, to deliver this word that you've given to me in a way that will be understandable, in, the, in a way that will be clear for all of us here this morning. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So today, I'll be sharing uh, on uh, Judges chapter 2 and a little bit of chapter 3. And I'm just going to do something very simple. I'm going to talk about the responses of God on one side. And there's just two responses of God in this passage. And on the other side, I'm going to talk about the responses of Israelites, the Israelites or the responses of men. Because some parts of it, you know, we can identify with them as well. So let's just jump into the passage, reading from Judges 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land I swore to give to your ancestors. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars, yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? You know, let's look at the response of God through all of this. And the first response is a response from God. It's a response of devotion. God made a covenant. He was the one who initiated that covenant with, with the people of Israel. He said, I will never break my covenant with you. He was devoted to them. God responded by being devoted to them. So what was God's part of the covenant? All he, he was going to do is lead them into the land that he had sworn to their ancestors. But let's quickly look at what was the Israelites' part of the covenant. And this was very, very simple to them as well. You shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars, all right? So both sides have a, a, a part in the covenant to play. But you know what excites me and you know what, uh, uh, why I say God has devotion? Because God cannot lie. When He says something, it will come to pass. When He promises something, it will come to pass. I mean, I just talked about the promise about having a child last year, right? And now it's come to pass. When God says something, it will happen. It's as good as done. Whether or not the Israelites were to uh, live up to their side of the deal, of the, of, the, of the covenant. In fact, the Bible says this about God's promises. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, 
and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. You see, God is the one who is the one who, who always initiates blessings. He's the one who, who gives us all the good things in life, whether or not we deserve it, whether or not it's, it's because of something we've done, whether or not we've got merit, it's because He is good. In fact, the Bible goes on to say in Romans um, 5, verse 8, God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. You know, we didn't have anything to prove for ourselves. We didn't have anything to show for ourselves, but God still died for us. You know, um, this reminds me of, of a time where I received something that I was undeserving deserving about. You know, how many of you have receive something that you don't deserve. You really feel like you don't deserve it. Yeah, a couple of you. Yeah, so there was this time um, I went up to Singapore. I went down to Singapore. My, my family are in Singapore. My, uh, my aunts and uncles are there. And uh, as I was going to go in Singap to Singapore to stay with them, to visit them, as well as do a little bit of sightseeing, I stayed in their place, you know, uh, so I had free lodging and even free food for that duration of, of my stay, right? And uh, as I was there, it started to rain. It was, it was raining, kind of like today, this morning. Uh, it was raining, it was pouring, and there was a gutter in, 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 in their house that was clogged up that was causing the water to overflow and uh, fill the whole, the, the whole uh, house inside. So they said, hey, Joel, I don't mean to trouble you, but would you mind uh, like climbing up the roof and clearing out the gutter because it's, it's probably clogged with some leaves? So I said... Sure, you know, um, my cousin would normally do this and, and uh, I've got no issue, you know, it, it, it's happening right now. Uh, so I climbed up and, and I'm, I'm not afraid of heights, so thank God for that. So I went up, cleared the gutter, um, the water was able to flow smoothly once again. And then later, just about three, four days after that, I was like, okay, I was going to uh, make a move and, and I thanked them for, for, uh, for, hosp for their hospitality, for housing me, for feeding me for those couple of days. And I said, I want to give them a small token of appreciation. I want to give them a, a love gift, you know, for, for all their trouble, for, for feeding me, for housing me. And before I could give them that love gift, they gave me a check, all right? And the check was more than 10 times what I had wanted to give them. And of course, I felt embarrassed. Lah. I was like, uh, okay, maybe that one is, it pales in comparison to that. So I'll just keep it aside. And I was so thankful they had blessed me more than it could, I could ever ask or imagine. And this is a mere human. It's a mere man or, or woman. It was my aunt. But what about God? What about God? When He blesses us, when He says that He is devoted to us, when He's uh, given us a covenant, before we even take a step towards Him, He's already taken five steps towards us. So, the problem here is not God because, as I said, He responded with devotion, with His covenant. But the problem here is man. I'm going to go further down. In verse 11, it says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook Him and served Baal 
and the Ashtoreth. So how did the people respond? We heard about God's response, but what was the, what was the people's response? They, res, they responded in disobedience. You, you remember um, the question, what did the Lord ask the Israelites to do? You break down their, their altars, right? It was a simple, direct, clear instruction. Yet, what did the Israelites do? They disobeyed God. They responded by disobeying God. They responded by doing things their own way. They ended up serving the Baals. You know, in the same way that the Israelites erected altars that were made of wood or stone, uh, you know, something tangible, something that we can see, something that we can touch, there could be some idols that we unknowingly have brought into our life. And they may not be tangible, they may not be made of wood or stone or anything like that, but they are there. So what are some of the idols that we may be struggling with right now? Could it be Netflix? Aha. Too much TV? Could it be social media? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you, what have you, right? Or could it be your spouse or your kids? Or could it be your family? Or could it be any fears that you have that is taking the first place in your life before God? Or it could even be an insecurity that you have. You are afraid about what you will look like, about how people will look at you. Or for a small group of us, it could even be ministry. I want to ask us the question, what are some idols that we have turned to? Knowingly or unknowingly, but basically an idol, as long as it's taken the first place of God in our life, in your and my life, that is an idol. So, you know, we've just completed the 40 days of uh, fast and prayer, and I believe that many of us uh, have taken part in it. How many of you were, were involved? You, you did do some fasting and praying? Okay, uh, let's see a show of hands. Okay, yeah, quite a number of you, more than half of you. Um, many of you would have taken it desperately. And I like what um, Steph just said. She said, you know, the, the fasting and prayer doesn't just end at the 40 days, but it carries on to get uh, forever, you know. Uh, I'm not asking you to fast forever, but I'm asking you to go deeper with God. And I believe that the Lord has spoken to us individually. The Lord has spoken to us maybe in terms of our family. The Lord has spoken to us as a church and maybe even as a nation. And I want to ask us this question, what is something that the Lord is asking you to do? It may sound like it is it's difficult, it's, it's absurd, but I want to encourage you, even if it doesn't make sense, even if, if, if it sounds like it's completely out of this world, I want to encourage you because God knows what's best for you and I, that's why He's asking you to respond and, and respond in obedience, right? So how many of you have watched this movie, Karate Kid? See a show of hands, yeah? Uh, okay, a couple of you. <laughs> uh, I realized it was, it was uh, produced or it came out before I was born. But I remember watching it as a young kid. And I remember this scene of uh, Mr. Miyagi. And he's, he's kind of training the Karate Kid, right? He's, he's apprentice. And he says this, when you learn uh, uh, Karate, 
I, I can't imitate his accent, but uh, when you learn a karate, you need to wax on, right hand, wax off, right, uh, left hand, right? Wax on, right hand, wax off, left hand, right? And, and that's what he was saying to the, the karate kid, his apprentice. And the karate kid would look at him and say, Mr. Miyagi, you're out of your mind. Why are you asking me to do this? You know, why do you ask me to, do, to make myself be like a slave for you? You know, wax on, wax off. What is this? It, it doesn't make sense. Where is the karate in that? Where is the, where is the, the, uh, the fighting in that? And then, through seem, uh, Mr. Miyagi's seemingly absurd instructions and directions, um, this is what the apprentice, the karate kid, kid did. He was able to defend himself with all the, the blows of the enemy. He was able to, to uh, uh, give another, uh, throw another blow just by using that simple instruction which may seem absurd. Wax on, right hand, wax off, left hand. It seems completely absurd, right? What more us in relation to God? You know, what is God asking us that we may look at it at this point of time, this is absurd, God. This, this does not make any sense. You know, it, it doesn't make sense, but I want to encourage you uh, and, and myself as well. At the end of the day, everything will work out well only if we obey God. And we obey God regardless of the cost, regardless of what people think of us, and regardless what it will make us look like. Let's choose to obey God. And you know what happens in the end? We will come out stronger. We will come out better than we, we first went in. We will come out uh, as, a, as a more mature person. So what was the, the Israelites' response after all this? After all their disobedience, they knew that they disobeyed. What did they do? They apologized, right? They apologized. They said, sorry, God, I'm so sorry. But do you know what? The very next moment, they went the wrong way again. They were saying sorry, but they didn't mean it. You know, many a times, people say this word, sorry. And they don't really mean it because the sorry is just to pacify the situation. Sorry so that you don't grow even angrier. Sorry so that this situation doesn't go out of proportion. Sorry so that uh, even though I've hurt your emotions or your feelings, uh, you don't feel anything negative towards me. And actually, there is a, there's a hashtag in social media that says, sorry, not sorry, right? Hashtag, sorry, not sorry. And it, what it means is you're apologizing, you're saying sorry, but you're not repenting. You're not turning away from that thing that has wronged the other person. You're not turning away from your wicked ways. So, you know, one of the things that my wife and I have a passionate discussion on, uh, I, I say I'm a pastor, so we don't have arguments. We have passionate discussions, right? Uh, is is this, this point, you know, this whole thing about saying sorry. Um, sometimes when you go to, to weddings, they've got this, this shoe game, right? And uh, the person who, uh, who's the person that, uh, between the husband and wife, that is is the one to say sorry first and then they will, they will lift up their shoe. Uh, it's me, it's me, right? But for me, it's, it's a little bit different. When I say sorry, I say, uh, I don't want to just say sorry to pacify the situation because I know for a fact, if I don't know what it is that I said or what it is that I did that hurt you or that wronged you, 
I guarantee you, I will do it again another, another time, right? I know it's a little bit hard to be married to me. Uh, thankfully, my wife is still married <laughs> with, to me and, and we've got a wonderful kid. But you know what I do next? I ask her, what is it that I do that offends you? What is it that I say that hurts you? Let me know. And then when I say sorry, I really mean it because I know. I know what it is that hurt uh, her. And then, you know what? I make every effort never to do it again. And that's what a real apology is about because I say sorry and then I never do it again. I never turn back to it. And that's something we should all learn. You know, uh, what about God? When He gets hurt, how, how does He get hurt? He gets hurt by idolatry. You know, the Israelites were actually hurting Him by having all these Baals and Ashtoreths in His presence. They were actually hurting Him. They should have apologized, repented, turned over a new leaf, and done things differently. But did they do that? No. No. A real apology, real repentance come when you choose not to go against God. And I hope that that's what will, our response will be as well. You know, we are in the middle of a pandemic or we are slowly recovering from a pandemic. And the pandemic has caused many of us, many Christians especially, to go through a certain change in the way we relate to church, in the way we relate to the body of Christ. And, and it's ine inevitable, you know, it's, it's expected. And I believe that there are four types of responses to the pandemic and to the church that have, that have gone through uh, with Christians. And the first one is this. You have taken time to reflect. You have reflected on your faith. You've reflected on your life. And you've been asking yourself, God, why is it that I do what I do? You know, it's the past two and a half years of the pandemic. It's been a time where you are able to uh, see the true purposes and intentions of your heart. You have had a good time of reflecting and to see why you do what you do. But there is a second group that you have been refined. And this might have been a difficult process because, you know, refining, sometimes you need to go through the fire and you have been burned, you have been uh, refined, you've been purified. But at the end of the day, post-pandemic, or, or as we come out of the pandemic, what has happened to you? You have come out purer, as pure as gold. You've come out stronger. You've come out righteous. And you have come out uh, uh, well in your relationship with both God and man. You are refined. The next group, and I hope that none of us are in this category. I may be preaching to the choir right now, but tell your friend out there, and it is this group that has regressed, regressed. And what happens to this group is you end up dropping out from church and, and you say to yourself, or this group says to themselves, hey, I go to church on a Sunday or I don't go, no difference. Whether I watch it online or I, watch, or I come and, and uh, attend and join together on site physically, no difference. Hey, you know, I'm very busy, lah. I got no time. You know, I, I'm trying to cut out all these inefficiencies in my life. So I cut out church from my life. But let me ask you the question, and you can ask your friend this question, right? 
are you really making the most of your time if you choose to skip church? Are you really uh, maximizing your time? Do you really have more hours in a day? Ask yourself that question. Are you really benefiting from that? And that's the third group. But the fourth group and the final group is this. You have been in your secret place. You have been seeking God all the time during the pandemic. You've had the privilege of you know, going into your prayer closet, uh, spending extra time to, to read your, the, the Word, to go into prayer. And maybe you've been attending the MUFW prayer. You know, you've been attending all these things and you've been increasing and you've been uh, growing in your prayer life. And you've been asking God, what is your plan? What is your purpose for me, for my life, for my family, and where I'm at right now? And I believe that this group has been the group that's been revived by this pandemic. And I hope that's many of us here that have been revived by the pandemic. Amen? Well, you know, on top of all these four responses, there's actually this new buzzword that's come along uh, around in Christian circles. And it's called this phrase, deconstructing your faith or deconstructing our faith. And you know, in principle, there's actually nothing wrong with, with that, deconstructing anything. You can de deconstruct uh, a philosophy, you can deconstruct your faith, you can deconstruct a belief system. It's not about tearing it down, but it's about going into it and looking at, at, at it in a, in a different way and asking all the difficult questions, why I do what I do. And, and some of you may have looked at it and, and done that to look at beliefs that you've had for many years to really find the why behind the what. But there are actually some people who've gone the other way where they've looked at the negative of everything that they've been doing so far and it comes to the point where they question their faith and even leave the faith. You know, to me, if that happens to any of us and, and to maybe some of our friends, it's not because the process was wrong. I believe it's because the initial foundation was not found on the solid rock. It was not found on Christ. It was found on something else. So when you deconstruct it, there's nothing left to rebuild it on. You know, so even as we do that, as we really think the why behind the what, let's have Christ at the center of everything that we do. You know, there are many of, of us that may go through bad times and hard times. And it's at this time that we are desperate for God. We are more desperate for God. And there's nothing wrong with it because it's human nature. You know, when, when I go through struggles and trials, I find myself more desperate for God. But when things turn around, you know, things become good, you know, somebody prays for you, uh, uh, you, you get this new deal in your business, you know, things take a turn for the good. Where are we to be found? Where are we uh, to be found? Are we still as desperate for God as we first started? Or are we just enjoying our, our lives with the new blessing that we've just received? Are we just soaking in all this blessing and, and goodness that God has given to us with no care or concern about who is the one that gave us life itself? And I want us to say, I want to say this here to all of us. Let's not be like that. When you're desperate, 
You go down, you go, you go deep for God, and then when you come up, uh, uh, then you forget God, you know. Let's not be a yo-yo Christian, but let's be a go-grow Christian, right? Say it with me together. One, two, three. Let's not be a yo-yo Christian, but let's be a go-grow Christian. Amen. So we've looked at the, the few responses of, of uh, God and man. Now we're going to look at the next response of God. In Judges chapter 2, reading from verse 16, it says, The Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raider, raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. They quickly turned from the ways of their ancestors who had been obedient to the Lord's commands. Where whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord relented because of their groaning under those who oppressed and afflicted them. So here I'm going to look at the response of God. In spite of the disobedience that, that was committed by the Israelites, how did God respond? He responded with giving them deliverance. He responded by delivering them, by giving them judges. You know, uh, and, and the problem with having judges was that the, the time was good for a while, but once the judge passed on, the Israelites disobeyed God again. They reverted to their own ways. It was like a real yo-yo. It was up and down. And these judges, they were not ordinary people. They're, they're not ordinary uh, human beings. They were actually heroic leaders. But it was not because of their own talents, their own abilities, their own um, knowledge and skills, but it is because the Lord had empowered them to do everything that they did. The Lord is the one that empowered them to lead the people. They, they did many acts of deliverance and it was all because God was with that judge. And I want to leave this encouragement with, with us. Let's be men and women whom other people can see God is with us. You know, it's, it's a reminder to myself and many of us here uh, that, that are leaders in some capacity that we can do nothing without God. Without God, we can do nothing. And even as we see a, a leader that is living their life according to the principles of Christ, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, there are many times um, people come up to me and, and share their troubles. You know, being a pastor, a lot of people come up and share their problems, their troubles, say, hey, can you pray for me? And, and there are many times where I hear their troubles, I hear the problems that they face, and my heart really breaks for them. My heart really goes out to them. And as I speak to them, as I journey with them, as I try and disciple them, many of them, they just unknowingly disobey uh, God. And, and as I journey with them, I offer a, a certain cause correction. I say, hey, you know, even as, as we read the Bible, this is the way to go. Um, but there are some who choose to still disobey God. And you know what I find? The people who choose to have a cause correction in the way of following God, their lives are a lot better after that. The problems, somehow, it solves itself. But the ones that are adamant to do things their own way, 
they are adamant to, to follow their own plans and their own purposes, these people are led to destruction and at the end of the day, actually their life is in, in, in an even bigger mess than they first started. I want to encourage us, let's choose to obey God this day. Let's choose to obey God. You know, I've talked about a few of the responses of God, two responses of God. He, he was uh, devoted and He delivered them. Now I'm going to go to the last response of man. Man, firstly, they disobeyed. The Israelites, they disobeyed. But let's look at the next response. In Judges chapter 3, they were, chapter 3 verse 4, they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's command, which He had given their ancestors through Moses. And now the Israelites were left with their final response. They were left with a decision. God was giving them a choice. And in fact, God was watching them to see how they would respond. What choice would they make? And this is a reminder to, to all of us. It's a call for all of us. You know, let's choose today between God's way or our own way. You know, it sounds like it's a simple uh, equation. It's a simple decision. It's between A or B. Red pill, blue pill, right? It seems so simple. But it's actually harder to live out. Which one will we choose today? Will we choose the way of God, which is the straight and narrow way? Or will we choose our own way, which is the wide open path, but it leads to destruction? What would our choice be today? Doing things our own way or going by following God's way? And as I come almost to the end today, do we want God's presence in our life? Every day of our life, the choice is ours. The choice is yours. You know, today I've, I've spoken about don't stop now. I've been speaking about the responses of God as well as the response of man through the Israelites. You know, we should not back down and we should not take a step back, but we should actually go forward in terms of following Jesus, His plans, His purposes for us. We need to go deeper in our relationship, deeper in our love for God. And now we've come almost about 10 days after the 40 days of prayer and fasting. And you may, you may be asking me, Pastor, how do I go deeper in my relationship with God? And even as I close, I want to share just these five ways by the way, this is not an exhaustive list. These are just five of the ways that I've picked out, I've chosen in order so that we can go deeper in love with God, deeper in our relationship with God, and we will not stop now, right? So how do I know that I'm going deeper with God? Firstly, firstly, be thankful. Be thankful. Remember, it is God that created us and, and we are His. Everything that we do, everything that we have is His. In Psalm, it says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Even as our worship leader, Perlin, today was saying, let's worship Him. Let's bring our praise and thanks to Him. How do you know you're growing deeper? How do you know you're, you're maturing? We are thankful. We are full of thanksgiving. The second thing 
is this. Be teachable. And the Bible says, be teachable just like a child. And whatever the Lord is asking us to do today, whatever God is asking, uh, is directing us towards today, it may seem difficult, it may seem like it's completely absurd, but I want to encourage us to trust and obey because His plans are the best plans for us. So let's be teachable. Uh, you know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I want to show us this picture as a reminder to me, as well as a reminder to all of us. That's my daughter. She's barely two months, I think, in this picture. And she's looking at me reading the Bible. And I'm reading, this is what I do every morning. I'm reading the Bible and I just carry her. And she will sit quietly. Uh, I'm not sure if, if she can read the Bible yet. I, I don't think so. Um, but I'm creating a habit. I'm creating muscle memory in her that every morning she is going to read the Word of God. You know, she is reading the Word of God with me, right? And in the same way, let's be teachable. Let's learn to follow the ways of God, the purposes of God, the plans of God for our life. So that's the second thing, be teachable. The third thing is this, let's meditate on the Word of God. And you know this word meditate, it, it, sometimes it has a bad rap. Uh, the, the word meditate, uh, I think in, in karma and all that, it says meditate is free your mind, empty your mind. You know, yes, it may be true. Yes, we need to empty our mind from all the junk, all the, the rubbish that we consume, all the nonsense that is there. But meditate also means to fill our mind with the Word of God. The Word of God needs to be filling our mind more than any social media, more than any news, more than current events, but we need to fill our mind with the Word of God. That's meditating on the Word. In Joshua, it says, um, this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth and I will meditate on it day and night. Let's meditate on the Word of God always. But more than just meditating, we need to move one step ahead. And it's obeying the Word of God, from meditating to obey. We should not just meditate, fill our mind, leave it like that, but we need to obey the Word of God. We need to put in action what the Lord uh, has said in His Word. We need to keep His commands and we need to remain in His love. The Bible says, let's not be hearers of the Word, but also doers of the Word. And I've put a couple of reminders up there. It's just a few to remind us what we need to do in order to obey God. Firstly, we need to love one another. Next, we need to make disciples of all nations, not just converts. And lastly, we need to be a witness wherever we go because it is the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit that will empower us. And finally, the fifth thing is this we need to grow in faith. So the word faith is not just like the Christian faith. This is the Christian faith. I, I accept it and I believe in it. I'm growing in it. But the Bible says this about faith. Um, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. We need to grow 
in faith. It's about things that you do not see. So maybe some of us, you'll be do, you're, you're doing something, you're at work or in, in, in your marketplace, you don't see the point. Have faith. God will reveal that point to us. You don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Have faith. The Lord will reveal the light at the end of the tunnel. You're stuck in a situation and you don't see a way out. Have faith. The Lord will be the one that brings you out of that situation. All it takes for us is to earnestly and seriously seek Him all the days of our life. You know, even as I come to a close today, I'm reminded that we are coming to the close of this year. It's the last weekend of the, the third quarter of 2022. And we've got October, November, December is Christmas, and then just like that, we'll be celebrating New Year 2023. So fast, right? This year has gone by. And there could be some of us that made some commitments, some promises, some covenants maybe, some vows to God, maybe at the start of this year, maybe in the same way that you make a, a, a New Year's resolution, right? You have made certain promises to God. It could be to read the Bible more fervently. It could be to spend more time in prayer. It could be just to spend more time in the presence of God. It could be dealing with our own character to be more kind, to be more gentle, to be more loving. I don't know what it is, but this morning I want to encourage us that even as we've made those vows or those promises to God, God remembers. And in the same way He made that covenant between Him and the people of Israel, God remembers. And I want to encourage us, let's not be disobedient, but let's keep moving forward. Let's not stop now. Don't stop now. You know, in, in a moment, I want us to respond to the word that I've shared today. And I've been speaking about the responses of God, how He has uh, been devoted to us, how He's delivered uh, us, the people of Israel, but also how the people of Israel, they were disobedient. But at the end of the day, they came to a decision. And that's what we are at right now. Even as in, in a few moments, I'm going to ask us to make a commitment. Commitment to God to say that, Lord, I want to go deeper in my relationship with you. We've already gone so far. I've already gone so far. I've been faithful in reading your word. I've been faithful in the 40 days of prayer and fasting. But I don't want to stop now. I want to go deeper. I want to go further. And if that is you in this place, I want to encourage you to stand to your feet. And if that, if that is you, as you stand to your feet, it's not the fact that you're saying, I can do this myself. But you are making a commitment to God. You are making a covenant to God to say, Lord, I desire more of you. I desire to go deeper in my relationship with you. I don't want to stop where I am right now, but I want to go further, deeper than I've ever been before. I want to go further than I've, that I've never experienced you before because this year is special. I think Steph highlighted just now that this year is the Shemitah year. 
which means it's the year of release. And, and I believe that there are many things that are going to be released in the spiritual, but also the physical. And it always happens in every Shemitah year. There's different things that are released both in the spiritual as well as the physical. And in this year, in this coming year, I want to encourage us, let's not give up. Let's not stop where we are, but let's go deeper in love with God, deeper in relationship with God. Let me just pray for all of us here today. Father God, we want to thank you, God, for all these people that you see standing. Lord, you see them making a commitment to you. Lord, you see them, you see their heart. Lord, but you also know where they are at. And I pray that you will meet all these, my brothers and sisters, where they are at, Lord. That you would come and touch them. That you will come and minister to them. And Lord, as they desire more of you, as they desire to grow deeper in that relationship with you, that Lord, you would reveal more and more of yourself to them in a way that they've never experienced before, that they know, that they know, that they know it is you that they trust. It is you that they serve. It is you that, that we follow. We want to praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. In a moment, we're just going to sing this song together. But I want to encourage you because the altar is going to be open. And if there's any one of you who need prayer, it could be for something that I've shared about today you desire to grow deeper in relationship with God but there's something just blocking you there's something there's just something stopping you uh, from going deeper in that relationship with God and you're saying hey pastor uh, or one of our leaders they will pray for you and they will ask God to bring you uh, a setting free so that you can go deeper in love for God so if that is you uh, today or if you've got any prayer request you've got any need that you want us to journey with you and to pray with you come up front the pastors and leaders will be here to pray for you we're all ready to pray for you father god we thank you god for the word today thank you lord for the reminder to myself as well as to all of us that we won't stop now we want to go deeper in our love we want to go deeper in our relationship with you and Lord, we want to find out new things about you that we have never seen, we've never noticed before. And Lord, even as we come uh, here after the 40 days, Lord, let us always go deeper and deeper in love with you. And Lord, we want to thank you, God, for all of us that are here today. Lord, we pray for the coming week ahead that it will truly be a blessed week because your presence will go with us. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn His face towards you. And may the Lord turn His face towards you and give you shalom. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining this Sunday. Please leave quietly. There's still ministry happening in front. If you need prayer, if you need anyone to pray for you, I want to invite you to come up in front. The altar is still open. For the rest of us, take care. Thank you. God bless.